Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for the week of July 4, 2021. This Sound Prince is posted on the 4th of July, so let's celebrate with some 4th of July trivia and facts. These come from the website kidadl.com. What does the 4th of July actually celebrate? The answer is freedom for the United States of America from the rule of King George III. How many colonies took part in signing the Declaration of Independence? Thirteen colonies took part in the signing. What is the national anthem of the United States of America? Of course, it is the Star Spangled Banner. It was written by Francis Scott Key, who was an amateur poet, and it was written on September 14, 1814, during the War of 1812. There were 13 stars on the original flag of the United States. How were the 13 stars arranged on the original American flag? They were arranged in a circle shape. Who was the first president after independence? George Washington. What do the colors of the national flag represent? White is for innocence and purity, red for valor, and blue, vigilance and justice. What do the 13 stripes on the flag indicate? They stand for the 13 original colonies. At which place was the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution signed? In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. In which year was July 4th established as a national holiday? 1870. Congress proclaimed Independence Day as a national holiday that year. In which year was Independence Day declared a paid holiday for federal employees? In 1938. When was the first 4th of July party held in the White House? Thomas Jefferson held the first Independence Party in the year 1801. How many people signed the Declaration of Independence? 56 men. Did the first person who signed the Declaration of Independence ever become president? No, because the first person to sign the Declaration of Independence was John Hancock. Since 1976, which store has sponsored New York's July 4th annual fireworks display? Macy's Department Store. How did the 4th of July hot dog contest begin? It is said that four immigrants argued about who was more patriotic. They later concluded that whoever ate the most hot dogs is the most patriotic person, and that is how the contest began. In the year 1960, on July 4, what special event took place? Hawaii became the 50th state in the Union. When did the Continental Congress declare independence? On July 2, 1776. Who was the oldest man to sign the Declaration of Independence? Benjamin Franklin. He was the oldest. When he signed the Declaration of Independence, he was 70 years old. What is written on the back of the Declaration of Independence? Quote, 
Original Declaration of Independence, dated 4th July, 1776, is written upside down on the back. This is because, during the Revolutionary War, documents were rolled in scrolls and then labeled. Who were the three presidents who died on the same date as independence? President John Adams and Thomas Jefferson died on the same day, July 4, 1826. James Monroe, the fifth president of the United States, died five years later on July 4, 1831. Which newspaper printed the Declaration of Independence first? The Pennsylvania Evening Post. Who was the only president to be born on July 4? Calvin Coolidge in 1872. Which state first declared July 4 as an official holiday? Massachusetts in 1781. Who were the two presidents to sign the Declaration of Independence? Thomas Jefferson and John Adams were two people who signed the Declaration of Independence who later became president. Where is the original Declaration of Independence kept? This document is permanently stored in the National Archives Museum along with the Bill of Rights and the Constitution of the United States. Who was included in the list of the Committee of Five while crafting the Declaration? That included T. Jefferson, John Adams, Roger Sherman, Benjamin Franklin, and Livingston. The Thirteen Colonies were no longer a part of the British Empire. Who declared it? The Continental Congress. Foods such as hot dogs and burgers are traditionally served on July 4. In the United States, partying, sparkles, parades, and more are a major part of the Independence Day celebrations. Here is some trivia on those topics as well. What kind of tradition is followed in New England as a part of the celebration? Eating salmon. Who predicted the iconic tradition of fireworks? John Adams. During the first 4th of July, what was the color of fireworks used for celebrations? Orange was the only color in which fireworks were available until the 1830s. How did George Washington celebrate the 4th of July? He ordered drinks for soldiers as a part of his celebration. On what do Americans spend the most money each year in July? Fireworks, of course. Americans spend around $1 billion on fireworks each July. What code does wearing the American flag violate? The U.S. flag code. How many tons of fireworks were used above the Washington Monument on the 200th Freedom Anniversary? Around 33 tons of fireworks were exploded on the 200th Independence Day. What food is eaten the most on the Day of Independence? On this day, hot dogs are eaten the most. Around 155 million are eaten each year on this day. The following announcement is from David Smith. 
Vice President of the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision. David writes, KCCLV will not be hosting a support call on Wednesday, July 7, due to the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International Candidates Forum being held that evening from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. We encourage our members to attend the Candidates Forum so we can be informed when participating in the CCLVI board elections, which will be held on Tuesday, July 20 at 2.30 p.m. Eastern as part of the ACB National Conference and Convention. To join the Candidates Forum, call 669-900-6833 and enter the meeting ID 898-4798-0619. If you need the passcode, it is 225843. Also, KCCLV will not be hosting a support call on Wednesday, July 21, due to the American Council of the Blind Convention. We look forward to seeing everyone back for our August 4 support call. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its roundabout on Friday, July 9 at 5 p.m. Before dinner, there will be time for individual help with Braille, low vision questions, iPhone and iPad apps and tips, Alexa skills, etc. Let us know ahead of time if you want to work on something specific so we can be prepared to help. Dinner will be a Mexican fiesta. Patty Cox will be serving up her great yummy burritos with salad and dessert. Cost is $6 per person. At 7.30, we'll break out the bingo boards and see if we can find a bunch of lucky winners. A note about bingo. If you borrowed a bingo board from GLCB during the pandemic, or if you own your own bingo board, please bring it with you this Friday. This will help us to be sure that we have enough boards on hand for everyone to play. Here are some reminders about Roundabout. Remember that doors open at 5, so try not to arrive before that time. Please call and let us know if you are coming to Roundabout. This is extremely important because it helps us plan for the correct number of people, and it also lets us know how many people are planning to eat dinner. If your TARC 3 is running late, we will hold dinner for you if we know you are coming. Please wear a mask if you have not been vaccinated. And finally, make your return ride between 9 and 9.15 p.m. Let us know if you have problems with these return times. Return times have gone very smoothly the last two weeks, and we are looking forward to that continuing in the future. From Cherylot comes the following announcement. The Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will have its first in-person meeting since the pandemic on Tuesday, July 13, 2021, from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time at the Wesleyan Heights United Methodist Church at 1215 Sherm Road in Owensboro. The meeting will be a social gathering with games and a meet-and-greet so our new members and friends can get to know everyone in the group. Masks are required to be worn in the church and later removed if you have been vaccinated. Call Cheryl Lott for questions or assistance at 270-686-8689. 
ACB Families will hold its annual membership meeting and elections on Sunday, July 11 at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central, and 6 p.m. Pacific. All members are urged to attend, and guests are welcome. To join the meeting, dial 669-900-6833 and enter the code 862-9889-6972. ACB Lions will be holding its annual membership meeting and elections via Zoom on Tuesday, July 13 at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central, and 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time. This meeting is for the purpose of electing the ACBL Board of Directors for the coming year. To join the call, dial 669-900-6833 and enter the code 842-3825-0700. The passcode, should you need it, is 172616. The Tri-State Library users will not hold its July business meeting on the third Saturday of the month. Tri-State will return with its regularly scheduled meeting and book club on August 21. The following announcement is from Judy Wilkinson, President of the Library Users of America. The Library Users of America will hold a business meeting on July 26, 2021. Even if you are not a LUA member, you are cordially invited to attend this meeting. Here are the details. We look forward to and hope you'll join us for our events at the ACB National Convention. At its most recent meeting, the LUA Board decided to hold LUA's business meeting a few days later, so we're still within the time frame near the convention. We couldn't vote last year because regulations didn't permit it. We now know that because of our incorporation being in the state of Texas, we can vote this year. All officer and board member positions will be up for election. Please watch for the announcement of the Zoom dial-in information coming soon. The following announcement is from Janet Dickelman, ACB Convention Coordinator. Convention pre-registration closed on Monday, June 28, but you can still register and get in on the convention fund. Convention registration will reopen on Wednesday, July 14. Starting July 14, you can register online at https colon slash slash members.acb.org or you can register by telephone by calling the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242. Before you register, there is an important task that each of you must undertake. ACB is moving ever closer to a singular login and password that will apply to all ACB websites and web-based functions. If you intend on registering for the convention this year, please go to https colon slash slash members.acb.org 
to create your ACB account. Select Create an Account and complete the profile information requested. You will need to create a new username and password. If you wish, you can use the same username and password you used for past conventions when creating this new account. There is one exception. If you registered for the ACB Holiday Auction in December of 2020, you have already created an account and you do not have to do so again. If you have problems or questions regarding this process, please call the Minnesota Finance Office at 612-332-3242. You will use this new username and password when you register on or after May 20, 2021. Please feel free to contact Janet Dickelman with any questions at 651-428-5059 or email Janet at Janet, J-A-N-E-T dot Dickelman, D-I-C-K-E-L-M-A-N at gmail.com. The following announcement is from ACB. The American Council of the Blind is excited to announce that Thursday, July 1, marked the official launch of the ACB Media Network. Please take the time to visit www.acbmedia.org to browse, bookmark, and stay up to date on the ACB Digital Media Library. Find what you are searching for quickly, whether it is the latest podcast in a series or to access any of ACB's 10 live streams to hear your favorite program or a great selection of music. You can also jump to the latest issues as well as the archives of both the Braille Forum and ACB blog. And just in time for ACB's 60th conference and convention, the calendar will feature a program schedule of sessions and events, including individual content tracks. A special thanks goes out to our wonderful ACB Media team and Jeff Bishop for bringing this project to fruition. ACB is excited to provide you with these important technological advances to keep you up to date on how to access the ACB Media content that you need and enjoy. This week on page 2, you will find several short articles and announcements from around the Internet. Most are related to technology, but there is also an update on the Domino's Pizza web accessibility case that we think you will find interesting. On page 3, You'll find news about convention programs being presented by the American Council of Blind Lions, American Council of the Blind Families, and the Library Users of America. Be sure to check this out because some details are included that are not found in the pre-registration information or in the convention program. Also learn how you can get in on some great door prize drawings. Remember to call or email us with your comments, feedbacks, and suggestions about Soundprints. We always like to hear from our listeners. Call the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598 
or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Page 2. The following information was posted on iWire, E-Y-E-W-I-R-E dot news, on June 30. It is entitled, New APH Partnership with Humanware Leads to Creation of Dynamic Tactile Device. The American Printing House for the Blind, APH, is pleased to announce the development of a multi-line Braille tactile reader that aims to revolutionize Braille technology for the visually impaired. The device that combines tactile images and Braille is being created through a partnership with Humanware, a leader in the field of access technology with a 30-year history of creating products for people who are blind or visually impaired. The device will utilize APH's and Humanware's vast experience in the development of educational products. Quote, Back in 2017, we introduced our plans for the Graffiti, a dynamic, multi-line, tactile display. This was around the time of the solar eclipse that year, and Graffiti allowed people who are visually impaired to touch the sun with their hands by using the device, said Ann Durham, Vice President, Chief Officer, Innovation and Strategy. Quote, Through that development process, we learned that we can and must do even more. This new dynamic Braille device is a Braille revolution that puts information in the hands of people who are blind or visually impaired, end of quote. The innovative device, which has been in the works since 2020, will eliminate one of the biggest barriers to equality in the classroom, easy and timely access to textbooks for students who are blind or have low vision. Currently, textbooks can take months or even years to be transcribed and embossed, resulting in students sometimes not having access to needed educational tools at the start of a class. The multi-line Braille tactile reader will address textbook access issues by combining the ability to display tactile graphics as well as serving as a tactile book reader, thereby changing the way students read books and reducing the time to get books to students' fingertips. Quote, this device will not only change how students access educational texts, it will also reshape the tech industry. A device that lets students feel tactile images and read Braille at the same time opens up a new world we've never seen before, said Craig Metter, EDD, APH president. To be able to bring this to the public will eliminate barriers of access and is sure to set the standard for many years to come. End of quote. APH's partnership with Humanware is unique as they are equal investors in the development of the device. APH and Humanware have partnered on previous projects, including the Braille Trail Reader LE, Chameleon 20, Mantis Q40, Mat Connect, and Page Blaster. Quote, This is an incredible opportunity to change the educational experience around the world for blind students, and we have created a strong industry partnership 
bringing together APH's comprehensive educational market knowledge, Humanware's leading-edge product development capability, and DOT Technologies' revolutionary Braille cell design, said Bruce Miles, Humanware president. APH is incredibly excited about this endeavor and knows there is much work to be done. The process for this revolutionary tool and journey to completion will welcome support from those in the entire field. Quote, this has been the dream of many in the industry for the past 40 years, says Gilles Pepin, Humanware CEO. We believe we have the technologies to build this product, and we are pleased to be embarking on this journey to design and develop the dynamic tactile device. End quote. And next we have another technology announcement, this one from Sunuband and BlindSquare. Sunuband and BlindSquare join forces for enhanced accessibility. From BlindSquare, Wednesday, June 30. Sunuband and BlindSquare join forces for enhanced accessibility. Today we are proud to announce our latest venture into making the world a more accessible place. Sunuband, the advanced mobility aid for those who are blind or have vision loss, uses sonar and echolocation to detect objects in the user's path. The wearable wristband sends haptic vibrations to provide the user information on object proximity within his path. On the market since 2018, Sunoband is shaking up the world of accessibility, helping to deliver a safer, more independent journey for those with vision loss. Sunuband and BlindSquare have joined forces to improve accessible navigation together. Pairing these two technologies will offer reliable BlindSquare-driven GPS navigation to direct users where they're intending while also issuing safety measures through the Suno Band to alert users of oncoming obstacles. With every Suno Band purchase, users will receive Blind Square for only $9.99. This offer expands across North America, so spread the word to those who may benefit, as this powerful duo is certain to change their lives. And this is another product announced by David Goldfield on the Tech-VI announce list this past Thursday, July 1. New product from AT Guys versus Slate Paperless Erasable Braille Slate and Stylus. A note from David Goldfield. The following is a new product being offered by AT Guys. David says, I have not had an opportunity to work with this product, so this should not be interpreted as an endorsement. The VersaSlate Paperless Erasable Braille Slate and Stylus. The model is Versa, V-E-R-S-A, manufactured by Overflow Biz, B-I-Z, Inc. The cost is $120. This item is brand new and available for pre-order from AT Guys. We hope to ship by July 10. Here is more information. The VersaSlate is a Braille slate that is paperless and erasable. It works just like a regular slate and stylus, but without paper. 
It features four rows of 20 cells each and a magnetic stylus that is built into the side of the unit for easy storage. How it works. The Versa functions just like any other Braille slate, but without the need for paper. Simply use the included stylus to make Braille and flip over the slate to read it. When you want to clear all or part of the slate, press one of the buttons. The slate has four buttons along the top and bottom of the reading side of the unit. Each button erases five of the 20 cells in the unit. For more information, call AT Guys at 269-216-4798. To subscribe to the Tech-VI email list, send a blank message to tech, T-E-C-H-V-I, plus subscribe at groups.io. This last story comes from lflegal.com, the website maintained by Laney Feigold, an attorney who has specialized in structured negotiations for many years. It is entitled, Another Big Win in the Domino's Pizza Accessibility Saga. And it was posted on June 25, 2021. This is an article about a judge's decision in the Domino's Pizza web access case. The judge ruled that Domino's violated the Americans with Disabilities Act. It violated the law because its website was not fully accessible to a blind customer. The judge ordered Domino's to fix the site. Domino's also must pay $4,000 to the blind person who filed the lawsuit. The judge also ruled that Domino's mobile app was covered by the ADA, but the judge did not have enough facts to decide who won that part of the case. This order is the next step after the U.S. Supreme Court's decision in 2019 not to hear the case. When the United States Supreme Court decided not to take up the Domino's Web Accessibility case in October of 2019, the case went back to the U.S. Federal District Court in California. This week, 20 months later, the district court judge issued an important ruling in the case. It was a big win for web accessibility. Earlier posts on lflegal.com about Domino's can fill you in on the long and winding journey that led to this order. In a court order dated June 23, 2021, Judge Jesus Bernal of the United States District Court of Central District of California ruled for Guillermo Robles, the blind person who filed the case. Among other things, the judge ruled as follows. The ADA covers the Domino's website because the website facilitates access to the goods and services of Domino's pizza stores. The judge did not talk about what would happen in a web-only environment without physical stores. It was undisputed that no person has found the website to be fully accessible, even the company expert, so the plaintiff won on his ADA claim. The judge also ruled that, quote, because defendant's website violated the ADA, defendant's website violates the UNRUH UNRA Act, 
which is California's disability civil rights law. The judge issued an injunction ordering Domino's to bring its website into compliance with WCAG 2.0. The court did not consider WCAG 2.1, which was not in existence when the case was filed. The judge ordered Domino's to pay the plaintiff $4,000 in damages under California's UNRWA Act. Both the ADA and the California state law allow a winning plaintiff in a disability rights case like this one to have their lawyer fees paid for by the losing defendant. The June 23, 2021 order does not talk about those fees, but expect that to be an issue in the future. The parties could reach a settlement about attorney's fees or they could ask the judge to decide the amount. If they ask the judge, there could be another court order on that. Laney Feingold wrote about the importance of getting lawyers' fees paid in an earlier Domino's article. The case continues for the Domino's the case continues for the Domino's mobile app. The judge ruled that the ADA covers the Domino's mobile application, quote, because the mobile app facilitates access to the goods and services of Domino's Pizza Store, end quote. But the judge also found that whether or not the app was accessible was disputed. This means the case has to continue on that issue. A phone is not equal to a website. Laney Feingold has been frustrated for many years with the Domino's argument that a phone could substitute for an accessible website. So, she was very happy to see that the judge didn't like that argument either. Defendant contends that its phone line is an acceptable accessibility substitute for its web page and app. This is not true. It is undisputed that plaintiff waited over 45 minutes before hanging up on at least two occasions. No person who has ever waited on hold with customer service or ever been hungry for a pizza would find this to be an acceptable substitute for ordering from a website. Judge and lawyers matter. The judge who issued the most recent Domino's order was Judge Jesus Bernal, born in Mexico and appointed by President Obama in 2012. In the Winn-Dixie web accessibility case that was recently in the news, the judge was ultra-conservative Trump appointee Elizabeth Branch. Lainey Feingold wrote about her in another article. She threw the case out of court even though she found the website was not accessible. In a just legal system, it should not matter who appointed a judge or what their politics are. Too often in the United States, however, it does. Ethical, skilled civil rights lawyers matter too. Congratulations to Jesse Weber of the civil rights law firm, Brown, Goldstein, and Levy, and everyone on the legal team with the support of the National Federation of the Blind, responsible for the June 23, 2021 court order. Page 3. 
Now it's time to spotlight some of the sessions and events coming up at the ACB National Conference and Convention from July 16 to 23. Remember that when you register for the convention, you will receive Zoom links that will allow you to actively participate in sessions by asking questions or making comments as time permits. Join the Zoom sessions of your choice from your computer, cell phone, or landline. You also can listen to sessions on ACB Radio, now ACB Media, through your Alexa device, ACB Link app on your smartphone, on your Victor Stream, or through the telephone. Get up-to-date schedule information, changes and announcements, the newspaper, and more by checking out ACB Media Channel 10 or by subscribing to the ACB Convention email list. Just send a blank message to ACB Convention plus subscribe at acblists.org and by watching other email lists. Now it's time to put the spotlight on the Library Users of America, Lua. Lua sessions include the following. Friday, July 16 at 4 p.m. to 5.15 p.m., one poet, one ACB. Join Lua as we listen to and comment on some of the most inspiring poetry of our time. We'll learn and listen to what the sound of the future is from recordings by aspiring greats like Youth Poet Laureate Amanda Gorman. 5.15 to 6.45 p.m., also on Friday, Exploring Virtual Book Clubs. Whether you love novels or nonfiction, there's a book club you can join from the comfort of your living room, and all you need is your telephone. Join Lua for a lively panel discussion covering clubs which meet virtually to discuss books available in accessible formats. On Sunday, July 18, Lua is sponsoring... How Do I? Answers to Seven Questions. This session is from 11.30 to 12.45 p.m. Join Lua as we get answers to library-related questions from a panel of NLS-affiliated librarians. How can I get books embossed for my personal use? How can I borrow a book from overseas? Where do I turn to borrow or purchase raised line maps? What are the best places to obtain materials in large print formats? What is the best way to listen to books on a smart speaker? How can I tell when it's time to purchase a book rather than borrow it? When shall I ask for reference assistance? On Monday, July 19, Lua is sponsoring the following. From 2.30 to 3.45 p.m., A Conversation with NLS. This is a personal visit with a representative from the National Library Service Director. On Wednesday from 2.30 to 3.45 p.m., Lua and the Braille Revival League are co-sponsoring a visit with ACB's guest talking book narrator, J.P. Linton of Duarte, formerly Benefit Media, Inc., will speak at the Wednesday morning's general session. This is a wonderful opportunity in the afternoon to hear from and talk with Mr. Linton in a smaller, more intimate setting. This session is sponsored by Lua and BRL. From 4 p.m. to 5.15 p.m., you can meet the author, meet Judy Dixon, writer,
from Arlington, Virginia. Judy has just authored audio description, what it is, where to find it, and how to use it. Published by National Braille Press. Learn about how she came to write this book, do her research, and ask your questions. Sponsored by Lua, BRL, and the Audio Description Project Committee. And now let's spotlight the American Council of Blind Lions. On Monday, July 19 at 9 p.m. until 10.15 p.m., ACB Lions invites everyone to Millie's Place, the Lions' 50th anniversary party. Time to celebrate our successes, make new friends, and share news from our local clubs. Former Lions, current Lions, and those wanting to explore becoming a Lion are welcome. On Wednesday, July 21, from 5.30 to 6.45 p.m., participate in ACB Lions Lessons in Leadership. Our speaker is Dr. Patty Hill, second vice president of Lions Clubs International. Since joining the Edmonton, Alberta, Canada host Lions Club in 1990, Dr. Hill has served in many capacities, including multinational coordinator for Campaign Site First 2, secretary for the Alberta Lions Eye Bank Society, Vice President of the Lions Eye Research Institute of Northern Alberta and Committee Member of the USA-Canada Lions Leadership Forum. And on Thursday, July 22, from 5.30 to 6.45 p.m., join Lions for Helen Keller and the Lions. In 1925, Helen Keller challenged the Lions to be Knights of the Blind. Michael Hudson, director of the American Printing House for the Blind Museum in Louisville, Kentucky, takes us back nearly a hundred years and helps us discover how it all happened. An amazing piece of Helen Keller history. Your questions are welcome. Additional note for ACB Lions. Be sure to register for ACB Lions on the convention registration form. You will be eligible for some great door prizes as well as receive our special 50th Anniversary Lions Pin that's being issued just for this occasion. And now, the spotlight is on ACB Families. ACB Families is sponsoring five sessions during the convention. On Friday, July 16, from 4 to 5.15 p.m., is our Mammoth Cave Tour. Explore the wonders and history of this incredible underground world, an audio experience prepared by Mammoth Cave Park. They will be on hand to answer your questions, a virtual journey you won't soon forget. On Saturday, July 17, from 5.30 to 6.45 p.m., ACB Families Goes to Camp. It's summertime. Time for sitting around the campfire, telling stories, and eating hot dogs and s'mores. Whether you're a kid or an adult, camp is a special experience. Enjoy stories read by talking book narrators Jack and Jill Fox at our virtual campfire. Share your camp memories and help us learn about today's camp opportunities. 
on Sunday, July 18, from 11.30 a.m. to 12.45 p.m., is ACB Families, Your Family History. Connect the dots and grow the branches. We'll be having two individuals, Terry Dickelman from St. Paul, Minnesota, and David Smith from Louisville, Kentucky, who have used DNA testing to find relatives and help grow their family trees. Then we'll have a presentation from Kathy Hooper, registrar of the Ann Rogers Clark chapter of the Daughters of the American Revolution, who will explain to us how to document your family trees to become part of societies such as the DAR, the Sons of the American Revolution, the Mayflower Society, etc. You will be able to ask questions of Terry, David, and Kathy and share your experiences as well. On Monday, July 19, from 7.30 to 8.45 p.m., CCLVI and ACB families will be teaming up for a game night of Family Feud. Grab your favorite snacks and have some laughs and fun with friends after a busy day at the virtual convention. On Tuesday, July 20, from 5.30 to 6.45 p.m., ACB families and the Multicultural Affairs Committee will be sponsoring Schools for the Blind, from segregation to integration. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled unanimously in 1954 that segregation in public schools was unconstitutional. How did that landmark case affect schools for the blind across the country? What had gone before and what came afterward in the integration of the schools? Michael Hudson, director of the museum at the American Printing House for the Blind, will guide us through this chapter of our history from both the students' and the staff's points of view. Panelists at this session will be Michael Garrett from Missouri City, Texas, a former student at the Texas School for the Blind, Jan Williams from Louisville, Kentucky, former student at the Kentucky School for the Blind and an alumnus of the Illinois School, and Lou Tutt, retired executive director of the Association for the Education and Rehabilitation of the Blind and Visually Impaired. And a special note for families, be sure to register for ACB Families on the ACB registration form because we have many great door prizes to award to lucky winners this year. And now for a few more spotlights. The Braille Revival League is sponsoring a session on Thursday, July 22, from 2.30 to 3.45 p.m., entitled Graphics and E-Readers, Part 1, Beyond Braille, Using the Graphics Capabilities of Braille Printers. Learn how from a presenter from ViewPlus. Part 2 will begin at 3 p.m. An update on the NLS e-reader project. The speaker will be Tamara Rory, National Library Service, Washington, D.C. From 4 p.m. to 5.15 p.m. on Thursday, BRL invites you to participate in Moving the Braille Revival League Forward. We will host a panel discussion 
focusing on tangible things BRL can do at the state and national levels to forward the needs of Braille users. We will then hold the BRL business meeting. The Spotlight on Friends and Art includes, on Friday, July 16, from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m., the FIA Showcase of the Performing Arts. Get ready for another outstanding panoply of performances from musicians, poets, and others. The Pinnacle of Diversity, Creativity, and Professionalism. From 11.15 to 12.15. From 11.15 p.m. to 12.15 a.m. on Friday evening, FIA Showcase After Hours. Participate in our celebration of the showcase with performers and those behind the scenes who put it all together. On Saturday, July 17, FIA invites you to participate from 10 a.m. to 11.15 a.m. in the FIA board meeting. All are welcome. Hear an overview of our activities during the past year and take part in officer elections. From 5.30 to 6.45 p.m. on the 17th is Straight Off the Canvas. This film is the winner of several industry awards. Created with description, it profiles Elizabeth Castellano, a visually impaired art teacher and artist. It also tells the story of blind art teacher Jessica Jones and her students at the Lavelle School for the Blind in Bronx, New York. Film producer Anthony Saldana and other team members who worked on the production will be in attendance, will speak about working on the film, and will answer questions from attendees. This session is sponsored by FIA, the American Association of Blind Teachers, and the Audio Description Project. On Sunday, July 18, from 2.30 to 3.45 p.m., you gotta have harp. Relax while learning about the harp through presentations and performances in honor of FIA past president Lynn Heddle. Presenters are Nancy Pendergraf from Huntsville, Alabama, and Jason Castingway from Manchester, Connecticut. On Monday, July 19, from 7.30 to 8.45 p.m., FIA is sponsoring a night of great opera arias from Mozart to Puccini, from Callas to Pavarotti. Join Gabriel and Jason as they present what is considered the greatest opera arias and opera moments. They will educate us in their fun and friendly way. You will walk away from this program loving opera. This session is sponsored by FIA and Blind Pride International. 9 p.m. to 10.15 p.m. is prose and poetry reading. Share some of your original work or just come to listen. This session is sponsored by FIA, ACB Next Generation, and Blind Pride International. Tuesday, July 20, 2.30 to 3.45 p.m. is Podcasting for Beginners. This session is for those who are interested in and nervous about creating podcasts. We will discuss needed and basic techniques. The presenter is Derek Lane, instructor, IC Music, LLC, 
owner, Lane's Studio, Morgantown, North Carolina. This session is sponsored by FIA, ACB Next Generation, BPI, and Independent Visually Impaired Enterprisers. 5.30 to 6.45 p.m., Content Creators Cafe. Join a diverse group of content creator panelists to learn the ins and outs of content creation. The world of social media content is ever-changing, and new trends come up virtually every day, so you won't want to miss this exciting event. We'll delve into every aspect of the creation process from a blind and visually impaired perspective. Everything from the process of creating the content itself, as well as the assistive and mainstream technology solutions utilized to get this content out into the world and be covered. Presenters are Stephen Salas, content creator, podcaster, and chair of the ACB Next Generation Public Relations Committee from Austin, Texas. Chris Peterson, podcaster, Richfield, Minnesota. Amy Wilson, TikTok and content creator, co-sponsored by FIA, ACB Next Generation, Blind Information Technology Specialist, and Independent Visually Impaired Enterprisers. On Wednesday, July 21, from 9 p.m. to 10.15 p.m., is a night of music and protest. Music and protest had always walked hand in hand. Join Anthony Corona and Jason Castanguay as they present music that has moved the LGBTQ community. This session is co-sponsored by FIA and BPI. On Thursday, July 22, from 5.30 to 6.45 p.m., FIA presents its scholarship winners come together. Learn about the exploits of FIA scholarship winners and their plans for the future. Panelists include Wayne Piercy from Alston, Massachusetts, Matthew Schifrin from Newton, Massachusetts, Megan Downing from Santa Barbara, California, and the 2021 FIA Scholarship winner. Co-sponsored by FIA, the American Association of Blind Teachers, and ACB Students. Be sure to listen to Soundprints next week for more spotlights and tips on participating in the ACB 60th Annual Conference and Convention. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.